This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. bringing their problems to me for as long as I can remember. I have one of those faces that just says, tell me what's going on. And now I have one of those podcasts that says, go ahead, tell me what's going on. Welcome to Mess in Progress. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mess in Progress with myself, Gina Brion, and my lovely co-host, Miss Catherine G. Mendoza. I can't imagine saying anybody else's name. Like, I can never have another person. Like, I can't even have a sub co-host. I know. And I'm just, right, you can't have, like, any guest stars? No, no. Because no. you're going to say that. I'm going to be like, Catherine G. Oh, let's start you. This I'm gonna person. Get <laughs> this person. Yeah. No, but you know what? I'm just glad that you don't do it to me in person. No, 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 no. Because that'd be weird. Yeah, if I was, every time I saw you, Catherine G. Mendoza. <laughs> in the middle of the street. <laughs> now everybody knows your full government nah <laughs> chill i'm not gonna put you on blast like that uh in the studio today we have a very good friend a very phenomenal comedian one of my favorite humans please give it up everybody for aida rodriguez and the yeah. crowd goes wild <laughs> we do our own oh, sound effects i love it i love it, it happy. you guys are so cute thank I'm you i'm happy to be here I love I, first and foremost. I'm so super happy to be here because I really want people to understand the love that I have for you and the respect that I have for you as Thank a comedian. You. And so for me, it's so important because when it comes to comedy, they they're always there are only five Latinas that headline now, right? Yeah, there's a there's only a small group of us. Yeah, it's very very wow. small. And so I have this. Well, you. More, more, most of all, because you're Puerto Rican, <laughs> and I ain't gonna even lie. Like I'm just so biased when it comes to my people. <laughs> but it's always, I mean, it's a different type of relationship because ever since I met you, we've been cool. It's yeah. never, there's never been anything. So I'm always, and when people talk to me about comedy and they want to do stuff with comedians, yeah. and I'm always like, Gina Brion, yeah, and they're like, she's Puerto Rican. I'm like, they can have two. <laughs> like what there can be two of us. <laughs> yeah, like, we could like each other I too. Know. I'm a huge fan of yours, and Ditto. I love everything that you stand for, everything that you put out there. You have Ditto. such a strong voice, and it's just nice to see females supporting females in this yeah. business. And I don't think people know we made history because we were on The Breakfast Club on the same week. Yes. Two Puerto Rican women comedians yes. Yes. In, on The Breakfast Club mm -hmm. in one week. So yes. I was I was like, y'all got two birds with one stone. <laughs> I was like, you blessed this place with her presence? Oh, God. You're welcome <laughs> for this. It's like burning sage, but in the human form. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, when did you meet? Like when, how long ago was that? Wow, um, how did you meet? It was some years ago. Yeah. And you know, it's funny when you're when you are in a eth an ethnic group in comedy. Yeah. People are like, oh, I know another one. You should meet that person. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's very true. And so I knew about her because Gina's been doing stand up longer than I have. She paved the way for somebody like me because nobody knew what a Puerto Rican woman was <laughs> in comedy who wasn't pandering and yeah. being a stereotype. She has something to say. And so I, I, um, I, I sought her out because I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. Like when I started doing stand-up, I wouldn't, people would, would say, you need to be a little more animated or you need to be a little bit more. And then I saw her and she has, 
she's so she's likable, she's lovable, but she has this dryness about her <laughs> that's so Puerto Rican. <laughs> Because we we all we have the raspy voice. Puerto yeah. Ricans have the raspy voice, right? Yeah. And there's there's this dryness about her, and I was like, that's it right there. Like it's okay. I'm, she gave me permission to right. be me. So oh. we met through comedy. Wow. We really did, and it's funny because I had I had been hearing about. Uh, you as well. I've been hearing about Aida. Like everybody's bringing up, yo, she's so funny. And I was like, yo, I, I hope I get to meet her. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I hope we get to run into each other because I kept hearing about how wonderful people people were really feeling you. And I oh. love hearing that. Like there is no greater feeling to me than somebody else's success in the same business because I'm looking at it like this. If you have success, then you have paved the way for the people that you know obviously right. come after you. Nah. And the fact that you know you have that kind of attitude of like, I want to help. I want to, I want Latinos to be noticed. I want people to be noticed, talent to be noticed. So hearing that, like it was just, it was really exciting. The first time we actually got to meet, which I don't even remember what club that we ended up like actually meeting at, but it was like one of those things where we were both on a show and they had two. Yeah. They made it it happen. Nick show. Probably. I'm not going to lie to you, but there's a good chance it was. It was a very, very good chance that it was. <laughs> that it was that or an all-female show. Whenever there's two females on the show, I'm like, oh, is, all, is the whole show female? <laughs> like, I, was, I was like, you know what? Naomi, Cam- Naomi, not Campbell, but Nicole Kidman and Naomi Watts yeah. are both Australian, right? Yeah. And they're friends and they're both successful. And I was like, they could be two Puerto Ricans like that yeah. in comedy. <laughs> I always think like that. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think it, I've ever been like, um, and there are women in this business that I'm unfortunately have that kind of like super insecurity when it comes to other female performers yeah and that's so that's such a shame that's not your energy though not and it's like when i she's always so like secure within herself and she has like this i don't want to say dude energy because that's giving Mm. men too much credit yeah you know (laughs) what i mean but it's just this chill like you know and it's like comedy needs that we need a little bit more balance and yeah. groundedness because one you know you it's funny because i was laughing with uh, people were asking me well how do you feel about what's going on now and i said i feel like i just did a set right yeah. and the set is done now i'm working on my other set because mm. one set doesn't make us a comic right right but the funny thing is i could be doing all of this right now and then somebody kisses a cat on youtube and gets a tv show so I don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, there's no rhyme or reason. So yeah. I don't let any of it. I'm just like, I, I started writing my, my next set for TV yeah. the day after I, st- I taped my, my special. Cause yeah. I was just like, that's it. It's over. Like I, I, yeah. I, we could talk about it all day long. It's over. Yeah. yeah. That is very true. People don't realize that you got to, once you have a set that's out there on TV or on a platform, it's like, all right, mm-hmm. well that set's done. Even right. if I'm even if I'm low key touring with that, there's mm-hmm. another project that I have to prepare for now. Right. Yeah. So people come out, and it's, sometimes it's weird as a comic because people come out and they want to hear your greatest hits, and you're yeah. like, no, I have your all the greatest hits. Your greatest hits. That's what they want. They treat you like they're going to see like a concert. Like they want to see like yeah, Garth Brooks or somebody. They're like, yo, do that one a bunch of X. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you had a new joke about a Rubik's cube. But you been so excited yeah. about it yo and people be like no nah, i saw a show was trash <laughs> like, <"Some new> stuff. <laughs> give me a minute to work she wasn't on as it. funny as she was yeah. on netflix it's the worst so oh, much pressure it, there, there is a lot of pressure i don't oh. think people realize the pressure once you're on like
like the come up. Yeah, or I could see somebody being like, I saw all that same material on I, the, Either way, either it's way. either way. They're never way. happy. You yo, you did the same set. Yo, here's how clueless some people can be. I have I was performing at the Denver Improv. I've been there like a few times. Mm-hmm. I I think I was like headlining and it was like my fourth time there. This lady comes up and she goes, Man, I've come to see you every time you've been here. This is like my third time coming to see you, and you never do my favorite bit. And I go, <laughs> Well, what's what's your favorite bit? And she goes, The nail salon bit. Oh, and I go, oh no. that's not me. That's Angela Johnson. Wow. And she goes, well, maybe next time you'll do it. I'm like, oh. this, is how, this is how clueless. Like, it's not my material. Damn. I'm not going to do a whole, I'm not going to do a cover list right. of all Angela Johnson yeah, I know. stuff. <laughs> like, buy a ticket next time Angela's here. What do you want me to tell you? Wow. That's how clueless some, some people can really, really be. Uh, I do want to ask a couple of questions about how you got started as a comedian because some people do not know your backstory and i think it's so full it's such mm-hmm. a rich backstory with so much in it if you can give us like the reader's digest Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> so the the okay so i wanted to be a stand-up comedian when i was little yeah. right i used to i used in new york i used to use a broomstick to emulate comedians to entertain my mom, right? When we were on the run with the murderer, her killer boyfriend. <laughs> and we would li- we lived in hotels and we were on the run and she was pregnant and I would uh, I would hold the broomstick. So um, not rec- recommended by my family. Coming from a very poor Puerto Rican family, you know, your job is to get us all out the hood. And they were like, my grandmother every, every day, like she wanted to me to be a lawyer um later in life i moved to california and my friend's birthday my friend was having a birthday and she said hey i wanted my friends to roast me because she thought that roasts are have gotten really mean Mm -hmm. so she was like i only want people who love me to roast me because i can take it from y'all so she said can you do it and i was like i you know i know i can write it like i'm i'm not a, a roaster but whatever and Chris Spencer was a friend of hers. So I roasted her, and he, after the, the lunch, he came to me and he said, Ida, you are a comedian. He was like, you're a stand-up. He was like, stop running from it. Like, Because a, a bunch of people had told me that I, I should do stand-up, and I always wanted to do it, but I was scared. I was homeless, and I had two kids. Damn. And um, How I, young were they? My babies were, when I started doing stand-up, Kayla was like, Maybe six and ten. They were little, wow. and so um, I started doing stand up, and I, I I never stopped. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's such an incredible story. It How? Is. Just I'm I'm really just curious. How did you deal with having the kids and starting stand up? It was really hard because I had a full time job, and I had kids because I had to get out of uh, being homeless. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, stand-up was more like therapy for me at that time it wasn't it wasn't I didn't do it with for money and I didn't do it for fame it was cathartic Mm -hmm. I would I was going through this big struggle and then I would take it on the stage and work it out and I I never imagined in a million years that it would become something that I could do for a living because for me my kids were the priority but it was hard because like I remember Russell Peters asked me to go open for him and I never, I didn't go on the road until my daughter got into high school because I wasn't leaving my baby at, at yeah. a young age to be on the road all the time. And it was really hard. I had to make a lot of sacrifices. 
And I just felt like if I honored them, then God would honor me later. And so mm. um, I made a lot of sacrifices, but it was really, really hard. Um, mm. You know, I, it was hard on me. More, It was harder on me than anybody else because I was the one that wouldn't sleep. Because I would come home from work. I would do homework with my kids. I would get them set, read, cook for them, or uh, where, where we were staying, which wasn't our home. And then I would go do stand-up. And then I would get up and go to work and do it all over again. And wow. it was really... It was hard, you know. Yeah, I mean that's you know when they say like moms are like superheroes. Yeah, it's it's one no on some real like my yeah. mom her version would be when she would do night school, mm-hmm. right? And it was after all of that. Yeah. So I totally I I can't even imagine in my mind yeah. like that takes something else and it's like half love driving you, but love for mo- multiple things because you love comedy, but you also mm-hmm. love your babies. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. But people yeah. call me selfish and say to me you know you're just you're so concerned with like my mom was like who does she think she is j-lo and i was like oh, i'm a comedian like i don't yeah. i don't J-Lo. Mom, I, I don't dance or, or sing or, <laughs> i know like, how did you, you come up with that comp- because that's the only reference they <laughs> yeah. got yeah. that's the only famous latina She's puerto reference. rican you're either gonna be j-lo sotomayor oh, or yeah. selena <laughs> yeah <laughs> those are yeah. your choices <laughs> and i was like i don't i don't even want to you know, my brother would defend me, but it was like, how selfish of you to want to do this. And I was like, I have a full time job. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm taking care of my kids. I need something for my mental health. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah. I need something for me. Yeah. And I tell people all the time that for most comedians, comedy is therapy. Absolutely. Which is why I see when people aren't doing enough stage time, you can see them slowly crumbling. Like yeah. some of my friends that move from New York to LA and they struggle to get stage time over in LA, like their mental really struggles wow. yeah. because they're not having that release. Yes. Which That's is why I also believe stifling anybody's creativity. Like you can't start telling comics what they can and cannot say because for some of us, that's the only relief from our trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's not fair to do that to a performer. Yeah. With all the sensitivity that's going around, have you gotten any backlash? Oh, anything? I get it all the time. I just ignore it. Like, I don't, yeah. I, w- I don't apologize for jokes. Um, my intentions are always to make people happy and to make people laugh and to release people from shame and guilt. And if that makes you uncomfortable, you can excuse yourself. Like, I'm never going to be in that place where I feel like, you know, I, I I feel like I have to apologize. I'm very thoughtful about what I say and intentional. And mm-hmm. if I make a mistake, then I allow myself to forgive myself for it and just move forward because everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, right. that's I, very true. I actually like um, love that you said um, in an interview that a- another thing is really about educating yourself. Mm-hmm. Like even as comics, like making yeah. sure you educate yes. yourself if you're going to speak about something. Yeah. Because like at the end of the day, say what you must, but just know you're informed. Yeah, yeah, don't sound like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. But I would say that for anybody, like Absolutely. not just comics. Like if you're going to talk about any subject, please know your facts. Yeah. Because the second you don't, yeah. your argument is debunked now. Absolutely. Like that's it. Because you don't actually have any facts. Like right. I hate when people state opinions as facts oh. and stand hard on it. Yeah. And I'm oh, like, yeah. that's your opinion. Right. Like mm-hmm. j- just know the difference. Yeah. And that goes to everybody. Yeah. Like, not oh, just yeah. comics. Like just as a person. As a common sense for a human being. Yeah. Like no. Yeah. Don't stuff. open your mouth if you don't know what you're talking about. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't let people even label me as a political comic because I have a lot to say about political and social issues. But I'm only speaking from my perspective. I'm not a political pundit. I don't have, you know, I didn't study law. I I just speak from the place of the perspective of a person speaking on behalf of the voiceless.
list, but I'm never going to let people, I'm not Dennis Miller. I don't sit down every day to craft jokes about politics, yeah. but now everybody thinks they're political. And I see mm. comedians like talking about political stuff and they're so uninformed. And I'm like, yeah. Ooh, you sound so, you mm. sound so ignorant. Like you sound be quiet. so ignorant and you don't ever want to be that person, mm-hmm. especially like not for nothing, but especially as a person of color, oh, see. when mm. you say stuff that makes you look ignorant, it's like everybody in your ethnic group is like, dude, it's so yeah. much pressure. Well, you just said it. There's only five of y'all. Yes. So you just represented an entire group that was not trying to ask you to represent Exactly. Them. And for that reason, like keep your mouth shut yeah. or just. Look it up. Yeah, That's look it. it up if you don't know. Yeah. Um, real quick, I I want to go into um, the New York Times article. Me and Catherine, we were talking about it earlier. You showed me this New York Times article. Just share share with the people what the article was about because I right. find it fascinating. So there are people now getting surgery for resting bitch face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like to get it corrected. To get it corrected. Wow. How do you feel about that? <laughs> So, oh my God, I, I don't, the depths of the self-hate that is living amongst us, the, the conditioning, um, when you say people are, you're talking about women. Women, yeah. yeah. Right, the pressure that women are, are always under to meet an, uh, a standard that is impossible to meet. The fact that you are getting surgery for resting bitch face means you are admitting that resting bitch face is what you have and so right. you're getting and that it's a it. bad thing i'm sorry if it's a deterrent it's a deterrent that's my face but you know what's funny is that i get tired of people telling me to smile mm-hmm. or uh why why are you so serious i can be serious i can be mad i can be happy i can be sad i can look funky like I, that's my right and my prerogative i don't have to have that pressure on me as yeah. a woman that i gotta be cheery all the time like yeah i read the the newspaper like a lot of shit to be mad about <laughs> i got a ton of stuff i'm sad about I right know. now don't expect me to be happy because you need me to be happy yes. for your own sanity like i i feel that i was just we got into this conversation because i realized That's my nuts. face has no chill no me yeah. either this yeah. a, i got my mom's face <laughs> and and they make fun of me the people in my family because they say that i make this face that my mom and my grandmother made. And it's like this face like... The like, face was handed down from I'm done. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm Arya Stark. <laughs> like, they're like, you know what, it's over. Like, they know when I make that face, they, the, the, they always say, que te pasa? Ah. Yeah, because they know that I'm that something's wrong. Yeah. And I uh, I actually appreciate that part of me. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I like the fact that my face has no chill. If, I, if only I can get my mouth to have yeah. some kind of chill with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't need my face. My face can be as tank as it wants, but I got to watch my words. Oh, everybody, right. <laughs> You no, see, for me, it's like I'm I'm a New Yorker. That face has helped me yes. on like, the subway, right? It, it tells you straight up, yeah. don't mess with me. I'm not. Yeah. Ha- I'm. It's not the day. Yeah. Or sometimes it could be a great day, and I just don't mess with me. Yeah. yeah. You know, or like, cause you know, like my mom calls it muecas. Uh-huh. I make muecas all the time, and she'll be the same thing. Que te pasa con esa cara? And I'll be uh-huh. like. Nothing. I'm just thinking. <laughs> Sometimes that's my thinking. Where's your mom from? I'm Ecuadorian. Oh, yeah. Mueca. We say Mueca too. But you know, I look. I'm so tired of just all the pressure that's on women about how they're supposed to look, how they're supposed to look, how yeah. they're supposed to be. Like, mm-hmm. I want to create matriarchy where we oh. go and, and just create these standards, unrealistic standards <laughs> for men that they just be like, you know yeah. what? 
What, why are you so serious? Yeah. You know, right. what's the matter? Or when you see a man smiling, what, you want to have sex with another man? <laughs> what's that smile about? Yeah. Like, we need to just start reversing <laughs> just it just and putting that pressure on them. So they go, que te gusta este macho? What's wrong yeah. with you? Oh, you just going to wear those sweatpants out? Ah. <laughs> oh, so you just going to wear sweatpants. You just we gave home, up. We, we, we living like that now. <laughs> now, we, we walking around like the people in the streets right now, right? Yeah. You trying to get some money in that cup? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be breaking on. Sometimes my husband will put on sweatpants and I'll just look at him like, damn, you leave but the you house know like that, that you know that's a thing though yeah yeah that's how you see yes nice. exactly i'm like you better put those sweatpants away put them away you're a husband exactly you a husband yeah you will wear this lead cape that i made for you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wear this apron in the front cape in the back because i don't trust these hoes <laughs> <laughs> they don't see nothing yeah, put them linen pants away too you know i'm gonna make a line just... of clothing called husband wear and it's just gonna be all like lead <laughs> lead aprons <laughs> i love it <laughs> chastity belts for, for men yeah. oh man it's gonna be a part of the matriarchy line yeah it will it'll be a part of the matriarchy it'll be that the fashion part of yeah, i'm all for it I, I got a couple of people i'll buy them for right That's we have we plan. have a plan for this <laughs> i have i've realized though that definitely my face sometimes because when i'll be in a meeting with somebody oh. and they'll say something stupid yeah and we're talking industry and my face will automatically i will do the are you stupid face oh, yes <laughs> and i'm well, like yo i gotta chill i gotta pull my face back <laughs> just a little bit yeah. pull my face back <laughs> Woo! reel it in face <laughs> you can't Man. cut your eyes at somebody like that you see i um a few years ago i had a homegirl and this is such like it's so weird because to think of this article i had a homegirl who she broke up with a guy. Well, he broke up with her because one of their arguments used to be her face. Like, legit. He just didn't like her. I, I, I think that too, but that was like throughout her entire breakup, that's all she cried about with me. She would be like, but this is just my face. And I was like, what is the problem though? Like, I don't understand. She would be like, oh, while well, he was playing video games, that was your first problem, girl. He was playing video games. Yeah. He's a grown man. And all he did was play video games. You're sitting there and you're making my friends uncomfortable with your face. He didn't. But yeah. my thing was, this is the kind of thing that causes insecurities mm -hmm. for this. Like, oh, yeah. she was what? At, at the time, she was 21. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's still young enough to be so influ like yeah. influenced oh, of by course, it. Of course. And he was like at least eight years older than her. So in her mind, he's older. And she took mm -hmm. that to heart. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until recently that I think she got with someone else and she was like, I don't care. You know, I don't care. This is the face I make, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm just thinking about like, that's why these women do it mm -hmm. because there there's this subconscious thing of like i don't look happy or i don't look approachable like so what likable yeah yes, so somebody's gonna approach you at some point yeah, <laughs> like somebody's right. gonna like that face yeah but i do <laughs> like, like oh it's a boy <laughs> i like it i like it <laughs> this looks like a challenge old school people will say the men would be like i like her because she's serious and she's yeah. not smiling smiling with everybody yeah right. you know like some men really like that because they're right. like i don't have to worry about her because she ain't out there cheesing the way everybody yeah yeah because you know? she's the type of chick to give somebody a dirty look and be like not today bro yeah not today <laughs> exactly <laughs> as our guys like that face not today bro it just makes me think of those old photos before people smiled Oh and you yeah, know how yeah. like all we all have grandmas that did not smile. That those old school things where you had to like put a curtain over the yeah. camera guy. Oh, he yeah, pulled yeah. a lever, yeah. and then six months later, you got your picture. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to go back to those. We do. Days. I'm <laughs> tired of all this. She fast had photo the stuff. Toma, toma la foto face yeah, because yeah. the stove is on. Yeah. That was literally the expression. It was yeah. always a like a, not even a just not even a smirk, just a straight like. Did you take the picture? <laughs> like, yo, yeah. you done? You yeah. done? With this? Is that it? Oh, you're prepping for the picture. 
picture, it's over. I think yeah. it's very interesting that you, I, I do agree that at that age, in your early 20s, you're very impressionable. I think, but I feel like we all go through a phase, like a sangana phase or a sangano <laughs> phase. Where it's sangana. Like we really go through a phase where, we're, where we believe the lies. Yes, yeah, sangana phase. Sangana. <laughs> I'm in my sangana phase. Yes. I went through it. I went through my sangana phase. Yeah, I went too. through my hoe is life phase. I went, I went through all the, all the phases. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that sangana phase is when you get all of your insecurities like oh, magnified yeah. oh, see. by the person that you're with or by the group of people you hang out with because you you almost gravitate towards people that tell you what's wrong with you yeah you're yeah. like oh in a, in a in an effort almost to better yourself where you yeah. act like oh I'm, I'm trying to be a better person so yes. i'm gonna let this person rip me apart and mm -hmm. I'm like, nah, man. Mm -hmm. We all do it, though. It's such I a fascinating thing. I love Sangana face. Yes. Oh, those words are <laughs> so like, <laughs> oh, it just says it all. It really uh, does. Sangana is such a great word, though. It yes. really is, yeah. man. Yeah. It really is. A, I, I remember my mom saying it like growing up all the time. And yeah. like, she doesn't really say it no more. Like, but like when I was little, like if I did something stupid, she'd be like, Sangana. Yes. Right. But it could be both bad and good. Yeah. Because if you funny, you know, instead of being like yeah, yeah. my sisters would be like, oh, you're so stupid. Stupid. My mom would be like, Sangana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you did something funny, like, Sangana. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that is true. It was very, it had multiple uses, yes. people. <laughs> I love those words that belong to us. Yeah. Yes. That other people will never, ever, it's like code, you know? Yeah. Like, because yes. white, white people will say, Pendejo, they'll say yeah. that. Yeah. But Sangana no. is just yeah. a word that, that you gotta know. know. You yes. gotta be in with the right. people. Well, because that's yeah. not what they're teaching you in Spanish class. Yes. No. Nobody's no, no, teaching no. you Sangana or like Tonta. Or like, tonta. My no. favorite one that Boa. I learned from my Mexican friends Boa. was no mames. No, ma eh, no but you mames. See, I feel like because um, Mexican culture within Latinidad is so like spread, yeah. there are, those sayings are getting caught on by white people, but there's certain Well, I've never ones, heard white people be saying no mames. But they might have heard it and understand it. Maybe yeah. if they work with Mexicans. Right. <laughs> like if they right. work with Mexicans, they definitely heard, I no mames way. <laughs> and it's, and so the translation right. is like, don't suck. Yeah. It's, don't, so it's literally don't, Please don't, don't blow me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, don't blow me. Like, don't <laughs> don't lie to me. Like, stop playing. Yeah. That's what it means. Yeah. The context yeah. is And it, so, it's so yeah. funny. Yeah, like uh, those words. Boba is one of my yeah. Boba's, yeah. But was a great one. Yeah. Yeah. And then all the word, code words for vagina. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talk about cold. See, that's my favorite one. Yo, she knows that's my I, favorite one. So the word, the word Toto, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> I taught it to my girlfriend, Kenan, and she's white. <laughs> so as soon as she learned the word Toto, she would not stop saying it. And I was oh, like, yo, yo. you got to chill. <laughs> and then she stopped and she starts thinking, she looks at me, she goes, wait a minute. So when you saw the Wizard of Oz, I went, shut up. Yes. Toto. <laughs> I would never say his name with a Spanish accent. When I mean, Toto. You know those like lines of like toilets? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a line there's called There's a Toto. line called to Toto. But the first time I saw it, I got Toto. off the toilet and I was like, huh, Toto. 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 <laughs> and it's so funny. And it's a toilet. Toto yeah. I was like, this is perfect. It's, Whoever made this. It's a cute little word, too. Like, that's yeah. what that's what people, like, get yeah. into it because it's a cute yeah. little word. Cuca. Cuca. It's weird because yeah. um, for Ecuadorians, when you're a little girl, they call it a ranita. Which uh, is also a frog. Yeah. yeah, it's so weird because I'm always like, I didn't, I didn't realize until I was around like Puerto Rican people, Your and I would be like, "Oh my <laughs> ranita," and they'll be like, "Your ranita, your frog," <laughs> and I was like, "Ma, what are you teaching me though?" So yes. then I just defaulted to Toto. Toto's hilarious. Yeah. Ranita's hilarious. Ranita's, <laughs> but you can't you, because ranita's like a little girl, but then when you get older, it's rana. 
Yeah. But Rana's used more harsh for some reason. Yeah, Rana sounds it harsher. Just, right. Like nobody wants to say, you can't, there's no sexy way to say my Rana. You no. You and then you that. picture like a big old bullfrog as if uh, like the it's pulsating. The like. guy is going <laughs> to, the second you open your legs, <laughs> like as it comes out, like, oh, that would be so frightening for that a guy. That is a weird uh, <laughs> analogy. <visual. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would have nightmares. My boyfriend's daughter's nickname is Toto. Really? Oh, no. Her mother is from um, Peru. Oh. And they, they her nickname is Toto. And I was like, when I saw, when I met him and he told me, I was like, you know, that's a bad word. <laughs> yeah. And it's so bad. funny because of the, the, the cultural differences. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, Bicho in Puerto Rico is bad, but yeah, the yeah. Cubans in Miami is a bug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And un bollo de pan, you know, that means a loaf of bread. And to Cubans, bollo is vagina. Yeah. They even call vagina papaya. Like it's why Cubans though. Oh, you I can't. Think papaya. about it. Think about what a papaya looks like. Yeah, yeah. No, and, I and get you're it. saying it's sweet. Papaya. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> so that's not it is though. Somebody said that. I'll be like, thank you. Oh my God, thank you. And I'm good for digestion. There's <laughs> 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 so many fun facts in the bed. Fun facts. <laughs> about papayas <laughs> as you call my uh, my lady parts of papaya <laughs> they will also aid in digestion it's better than a rana <laughs> it's better than a rana i'm just saying than so, the ribbity ribbity of the rana it's called children wawitas 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 buses. buses yes because of wawa yo yes that's wawa. such a weird word it is a wawa yo but here's the thing okay so i i should mention i'm ecuadorian but I'm, i was born in um brooklyn Okay. So I was only raised around Puerto Ricans. Yo, she's uh, way more Puerto Rican. It's very me. weird. It's yeah. very weird. So like for me, when I went to Ecuador, the one time I went, you know, we were saying things like me and my sisters we would be like, yeah, we're going to take the Wawa. And my yeah. aunts were looking at my mom like, what did you do to these children? <laughs> <laughs> what do they call autobus? Autobus. I, I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. You know I don't what's know. funny? I don't know how to spell Wawa because it's not W-A-W-A. It probably doesn't have a spell because it's not a word. It's, it's not a, a real sound. word. You got to look it up in um, Latino Urban Dictionary. Yes. I'm <laughs> yes. going to do that today. Yeah, there that, needs you to be a Latino out. Urban Dictionary sectioned out by countries. <laughs> La wawa. La wawa. La wawa. I was just thinking of another word and I, I can't remember what chicle. word. Chicle. Chicle. Mm-hmm. You see, chicle is not a real word. Chicle is literally chicle. Yeah. Chicle. Because I Chicle. Yeah. yeah. So how do you say gum? Goma de mascar. No. no, I'm not. I've said that. chicle my whole life. <laughs> Nobody's saying that. That's like Thanksgiving. Oh, I mean, like, do you say Dia de Acción de Gracias? No, no. Sangiving. No. Sangiving. <laughs> it's Sangiving. I asked my mom how to say it when I was little. She said Sangiving. Yes. That's right. Sangiving. That's not. That's not no the word. No, my, my I have an aunt every year. She'll be like, "Y qué santo te da dando?" Because like she'll be like, "Cause it sounds like a santo," and I was yeah. like, "Lady, it's Sangiving." <laughs> Sangiving. And I ain't saying coche. Coche. Because when I hear coche, I hear stroller. Yeah, so coche. That's some pe- no, some, that's car to some people. Oh, I've, I, yes, I have heard El that. Coche. I have Ca- heard that. Carro no es una palabra en español. No, no, no. carro. No. Well, here's the thing. For I had an uncle, my Puerto Rican uncle, would for, I didn't realize for years he would go cajo. Because he couldn't use the R. But that's because oh. that comes from the Taino roots. Yo, like people make fun of Puerto Ricans for that, but that's because that's because of our indigenous. Yeah. So they, they talk like the Tainos. They're so close to the Taino culture, so they say cajo. Right. But that's that's where that comes it's from. It's a dialect. Pejo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they try to shit on us for that, but I'm yeah. not having it. <laughs> you know, it's tr- uh, and there's like, when I went to PR for the first time, 
I was I was in like junior high school, I want to say, mm. and I attempted to speak my garbage Spanish, and it was trizash back then. <laughs> like when I say trash, I mean I was I was probably failing class in a Spanish class in school. Like it Damn. was trash and so i would try to speak my spanish and they would just automatically start talking to me in english like nah <laughs> nah i'm not trying to Such hear your spanish yeah assholes. yo i was treated so bad the first time i went to pr i feel like that's that's just how people born in the united states like latinos born in the united states are treated unless you are fluent like ridiculously but even still i don't i will not i, I i'm always talking about that because yeah. you're you're flexing on me because I don't speak the my colonizer's language. But right. That's not your language. Right. Our language is is an is a native tongue. Arawak is our Arawak is the native tongue of Puerto Ricans, of mm -hmm. Taino Indians. Our native tongue is not Spanish. Right. So and the Mexicans, Tambien, and your people as well, well they all have a native tongue. Yeah. You they you and I know people who actually speak those tongues yep. and look at us like you slaves. Yeah. Yeah, no, You've been legit. Indoctrinated, you know what I mean? It's like so. You're not gonna flex on a Puerto Rican from the states around me. Like I, I mm. grew up in the states, and I, I have cousins and relatives from Puerto Rico. I won't have any of that. I'm I like, yeah. I wish you would. Yep. And even going to, we went to Spain. Like for my honeymoon, we went to Spain, and my husband was all excited. Oh, he was God. like, Oh, you're gonna get to speak Spanish, and I was like, Let me just explain the situation. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Sit down real quick. <laughs> um, they're going to hate my Spanish. Yeah. Um, most likely they will talk to me in English and or. Or they will just look at me like I'm an idiot every because I speak Spanish with a Mexican accent. I use Mexican terminology because the people I grew up with speaking Spanish with were mainly Mexicans. Okay. So because of that, because most of my Spanish was spoken with Mexicans, I just got along with them better. And when I would talk Spanish with my Puerto Rican friends, they would trash me. Mm. So I learned most of my Spanish from my more forgiving Mexican mm -hmm. friends that were like, no, no, that's not you say it like this. Or they would teach me their words for things. So I said, I'm the most culturally confusing person they're ever going to meet. Because I'm a New York-born Puerto Rican who speaks Spanish like a Mexican. Other than the yeah, so New York-born Ecuadorian who speaks like a Puerto Rican. Yeah. That's such a problem. But just Spanish people speak a language emulating a king who had a speech impediment. <laughs> yes. yes. Thank, thank you. you. Thank we you. And we did. It's a lisp. Yeah, it's and you let them shame you into yeah. you. Are you kidding me? You guys are talking like a, you're emu you are scared and emulating a man who had a problem. Yeah. Don't come to shame me for the way I speak Spanish. Yep. Real so quick, because I have to put this out there because it has happened to me on more than one occasion. And I don't know if it's ever happened to you, mm -hmm. uh, but I used to get it a lot because I was a light skinned Latina and mm -hmm. because I don't just openly speak Spanish mm -hmm. all the time. I have been told by certain people, both industry and non-industry, that mm. I am not really that Latina. Mm. Oh, that's some foolishness. That kind of, that gets under my skin. Mm -hmm. Like when you talk about triggered, like when somebody says that to mm -hmm. me, like a fire builds in me. Mm -hmm. like, and the same fire builds in me when people are like, oh, you're so different than you are on stage. I go, no, that's a part of me. Yeah. You're right. seeing a part of me. That's not all of me. Mm -hmm. This is a different part of me. Mm -hmm. But that person on stage is still me. Yeah. But I have many layers to me, like everybody. Like a human being. Yeah. Yes. But you that whole you're not Latina enough, I used to get it from industry. I used to get it from other fellow comics. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I did a panel today of that, uh, on that in, um, for people in Espanol, and there was, they were talking about Afro-Latinos, mm-hmm. and then the being at the intersection of blackness and Latinidad, but then the, the conversation evolved into that, where people will tell you that because you don't speak Spanish the way they yeah. want you, or you don't speak Spanish at all, that you're not Latino. And I just feel like you have to define your own, you define yourself, and so that when you get around those people... I'll be damned if I let somebody tell me that I'm not Latino because I didn't grow up in Puerto Rico. And Puerto mm-hmm. Rico is a commonwealth of the United States. Preach. Who, you know what I mean? Like, you guys are so American there. Yeah. Like, how dare you? What you think because of the geography that I'm not as Puerto Rican as you? Yeah. How dare you? Like, you because I don't have fauna in my, in my backyard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think we have to stop doing that to each other because we are a spectrum. We come in all different shades yes. and colors. And culturally, we have so many things that, are, that make us different. And we have to stop doing that to each other. And I yeah. can't stand when I hear people say that to other Latinos. Oh, the yeah. last time it happened, I just like went, I just kind of like went off on the person because I was like, I, I couldn't control myself. I was like, you know, I get that a lot. And I think it's the rudest thing you can say to a person. Yeah. It's so rude to think that you get to label yeah. how Latino or Latina or Latinx, however you identify. Yeah. Right. And we, you we, can't label that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, um, I think... I'm I'm not a comic, nor am I an actor. I'm more of a producer director. Um, but when I was in high school, I went to a performing arts high school, and um, the last year that I was there was the year that you you know that movie uh, Freedom Riders. Mm-hmm. So when that movie was being casted, the casting agent actually had went to my high school, so she went through the school to look for the um, Latina character, and my homegirl, who is um, Native American and African American, um, but when you look at her, looks like the idea of Dominican. She got asked to audition. My, literally, my teacher, who was teaching me for four years, my homegirl goes, are you gonna ask Catherine? And she was like, wait, you're Latina? And I was like, lady, you've met my mother. My last name is Mendoza, like, Mm -hmm. really? So she was like, okay, I'll let you. I go in, I did, you know, the whole like speaking role, whatever, and the casting agent goes, I think you did a great job, but you just aren't what we're looking for. And I, I, I must have been like, what, 17, 18? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't understand. What does that mean? And she was like, um, you know, we definitely just are, are going in a certain direction. And I don't, get, I don't live up. I don't give up. Like, I'm like, well, what do you mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she was like, um, like your hair texture. So at this point, I get it. But now I'm going to mess with you. Well, I'm sorry. What's wrong with my hair texture? Like, if it's not straightened. Um, how does your hair look? And I was like, no, this is my hair texture. It's, it is like this. And I am Latina. And she was like, yeah, I'm just, um, we're going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Clearly the lady who, the girl who was um, casted was, she was probably like um, um, Morenita. No, no, she's not Morenita. She's a little bit tan with curly hair. Yeah, the Puerto- I wasn't she's a, Puerto Rican, right? She's Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. yes. I wasn't offended yeah. mm-hmm. by who eventually got casted. It just was like, it wasn't about who was best for the role. As much, and that's even disrespectful to her mm-hmm. because that says, was she cast it because she was the best actress, although I think she's a great actress, mm-hmm. or was it because she just fit the bill? Yeah. And so that was at 17, that was when I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this acting thing because I'm not going through that. Yeah, oh, girl. you weren't like, identifiably ethnic. I'm and not, so they were like, yeah, we people can't tell right. that you're ethnic. Right, so. what, like do I have to wear hoops, mm-hmm. put, put, like have a cowlick? Just to give you ethnic. She just described me. 
<laughs> I got the baby hoops on right now. I yeah. got the I got the ones they give you in your like your, your like, baptism. You have an arsenal of hoops. I've seen I them. Do. Is this where that comes well, from? Well, see, that's the thing. During that time, around that time, um, and here's the interesting part was that I stopped wearing hoops for a few years, and there was almost this like embarrassment. Yeah, where I didn't want to be associated with. Um, for me, as a light skinned Latina, um, looking looking too much like Selena. Yeah. Right. Because you put some red lipstick on me, you put you put my bang like I get some bangs and then the hoops and I'm gonna look like como la flor. Yeah. Right. And so I didn't want that. I now I look back and I'm like, yo, that's a shame that I felt this like almost like embarrassment. But it was by design. Because it was. It's so funny that we all go through that phase yes. where we don't want to look because we don't want people calling us ghetto or saying. Yep. And the funny thing is that you, you look around and then people are appropriating that, right? Yeah. Yes. Now you oh, see God. people with Walter Mercado shirts on yes. and Selena is life and they got Selena all Forever hoops, 21. Pin yes. catch earrings. Yep. They're doing everything. It's funny because you can't let people mind fuck you into hating yourself because they just yep. want to be you. Because even though it's with black people they put the the bantu knots on people's heads mm-hmm. and mark jacobs created this look or the girl oh from lord of uh of Go- game of thrones wearing socks with sandals and they're like uh sophie turner starts new trend wearing flip <laughs> and i'm like that's my theo you the send in a picture of your uncle like uh excuse me <laughs> life <barbecue>. and style <laughs> i believe this was the actual person who started this fashion she was like trend. tito my uncle <laughs> ya tu sabes. Like, it's so <laughs> funny that you say that though because i did the same thing I avoided wearing hoops. I avoided wearing those big chunky earrings that girls used to crush with their books. They used to take their textbooks and crush the big fat ones to make them sleep. And all the girls that got all the attention, all the girls that were my same skin tone, Mm -hmm. but made themselves identifiably ethnic by wearing like chola makeup or by wearing those thick chunky like earrings Mm -hmm. and the red lipstick and the and the eyeliner and wearing it that certain way i avoided that because i was i was literally i was being stubborn and i was like i should not have to Um, prepare some sort of costume for you to know who i am well for me it was um more of um i felt like they thought i wasn't as smart they mm-hmm. added this like idea that um, she's undereducated. Ghetto. Yeah, yes. she's you. You hood. You ghetto. And then at the same time, I refuse to change a version of my accent. So it was like either you change the way you speak or you change the way you look. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this is that like in my teen years. That's a, I had. I was unfortunately not allowed to do that because one, I was raised very religious. Mm-hmm. My family was Seventh Day Adventist. They, I couldn't wear pants. I couldn't wear makeup. I couldn't wear jewelry. And then I got scouted to model. And when I started modeling, I couldn't be ghetto because everything was meeting a European standard. So it's so funny because later now, now I'm really like, look, I got on a shirt that got Celia Cruz. Like I created my own shirt of my own icons because I'm like, we never see ours. But that's Celia Cruz, Iri Chacon, Charitín, La Lupe, and and Mili Quesada. Because I was like, I I really was now, it was taken from me for so much because yeah and the, the thing is that it was like I look like this whatever that I look like but then when I open my mouth I even detoured yeah. like then you knew where I really was from <laughs> <laughs> they were like hi the second you start talking everybody's like oh like, no there it is okay all oh, right yeah, yeah 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 I know I remember saying I don't know how many times I said I'll beat your ass <laughs> and to some white girl in a behind her well yeah because they like, think that you're because you know how to carry yourself and mm-hmm. because you 
dike, speak well, mm-hmm. they assume you're a punk yeah. or they assume that you're not about that life. And that it's dike like, sounded real Dominican. Yeah, dike. Oh, there you go. My there trainer's you go. Dominican. So there you go. <laughs> and I've used that shit all day. Oh, dike. I love that. I love yeah. that because it's such a perfect phrase. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's air quotes without using air quotes. Yeah. Dike. It is. Yeah. Yep. It is. Yeah, that's it is. what it, it is. Really is. Because people say that all the time. To like, people will think like I remember. So having a conversation with my former manager, and I was tight about something, and so I start going off. I was mad, so I was going off as mad Gina. Mm-hmm. And this lady goes, "Oh, your Bronx is coming out." Oh. And I remember thinking, oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because if we was face to face, you got a fist in your face right, right now for saying right. your Bronx is coming out. Right. Girl, the Bronx never left me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of white leaves. Jewish women in the Bronx. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. It is very true. People just assume that it's okay to talk to you a certain way. Oh, yeah. Because you know how to carry yourself. And you go, oh, don't get it twisted. Mm-hmm. I could it. pop off, but I'm, I'm being respectful yeah. because of the stigma that you already place yeah, on we- us. And right. it's, it's exhausting. Well, at this point, I just don't care no more. I'm like, Me this either. is who I am and whatever. Yeah. That, yeah that's no, not no, going to no, change okay. anything about, like, what, whether I'm great at my job, whether I know what I'm doing. If anything, I look at it as an asset. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, it, me and my homegirl always talk about, um, it's kind of like putting on a uniform. Yo, what? I don't, she doesn't like that I have homegirls. <laughs> you heard that? You heard Yo, that? What? Yo, what? She was like, it wasn't me. That came from my um, soul. <laughs> we talk about like um, eyeliner mm-hmm. and how like that you could feel naked without eyeliner. Oh, it's so true. It's such a yeah. thing. But it's, or you f- I, I feel sometimes like a little girl without eyeliner. I've been wearing liquid eyeliner since I was in middle school. I yes. used to hide and put it on and take it off before I got home because mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to wear it. But it's part of my identity. Yes. And I, you know, it's it's so funny because I have really little eyes. So the the top liner is what makes my eyes look like I got eyes. Yeah, it opens not, it. I look like a little bird. Because I, I, don't, I don't wear eyeliner on the, in the, my waterline because my eyes are so small. That's what they told me. So it, I can't every day I wear eyeliner. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even I, if I wear nothing else. That means because it just like it makes you look awake and alive. Yeah. Um, so Gina and I actually read your Esquire article as I've already referenced mm, and yeah, I loved it. It was like your answers were <laughs> awesome, but there was this one thing you said that like really resonated with me and it was you talking about your mom and I know you talked about it in special, right? Um, and your relationship with your mom, mm-hmm. because after everything you kind of talked about in the special about like your childhood with her, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would assume that you might have animosity towards her mm-hmm. or some type of like fractured relationship but you talked about understanding her and i just kind of wanted to touch on that because that's Mm -hmm. something that um at this point i actually recently my mother moved back into my apartment and my relationship with her has really grown like we're actually understanding each other as women and it's very interesting because when she first moved in for six months i was almost like Mm -hmm. but now I realized the importance of understanding her as a person and realizing mm-hmm. that I I met her at a point in her life. There's all all these years I don't know. I want to know like just you how you feel about um that like as a mother and then how you talked about it in the article. You sound like Dominican too. Esta mujer está aquí. Do, do uh, it. Yeah, I told you. It's it's Puerto Rican and Dominican. I'm telling you, she holds back and they forth. Must, they messed me up. Yeah, yes, they messed me up. Oh, uh, it's great. It's beautiful. Esta <laughs> mujer. <laughs> so. I, I will say this. My, my mom, first of all, I adore my mother. 
I I revere her. I treat her like a queen. Out of all of her children, I think I am the one that does that the most. As a woman, I understand. My mother had me when she was 16 years old. So let's just start there. She was a victim of of sexual abuse and had a very, very, very horrible childhood. Um, And I knew about this at an early age. For me, it was learning about my mom's trauma became my trauma because I was too young to unpack that stuff and really understand what it was. I became very protective of her. A lot of the decisions and the things that happened to my mother were a result of poor decisions made because of that. You know, she was running from her abuser. She lived in a house with her abuser. So one of the easier ways to get out of the house was to get pregnant and to that way you would get out. Unfortunately for her, um, things would lead her back to that. And so You know, she made a lot of mistakes, but I have always had um, a reverence for my mother, understanding her heart and who she is. Mm -hmm. And she made the best decisions that she could make with the tools that she had. Mm -hmm. And I would be remiss to judge her and, um, you know, berate her. And I went through a phase when I was young that I was like, you know, you left me. You let somebody take me from you. Like, I did go through that rebellious stage when I was younger. But as I got older and I started to see the essence of who my mom is and that my mother is a survivor and I don't know many people who would be able to survive the things that my mother went through, um, I would not dare, you know, speak a word against her. Like, I adore that woman. And um, my grandmother was the same. My mother and my grandmother were everything to me. They raised me. They were my parents. And my grandmother got pregnant when she was 13 and she has six children by the time she was 24. So I, I, my daughter broke cycles. You know, my daughter's a college graduate with no children and she has a, she has (laughs) self-esteem. I like how that's like that's, a thing. I was like, yo, I was like selfish, selfish. where'd she get that? Where, yo, where can I get some yeah, of that? Is, she, there a, is there a dispensary yeah. somewhere I could buy some self-esteem <laughs> from? She could do a workshop. She's like, she sits with me and she talks to me about self-worth yes. and like learning yes. to love myself. And in a way that I never, she's become that energy that my mom was not able to get, give me, my daughter gave to me. And so I just, I, I think that a lot of us walk around hurt. Yes. And we continue to hurt people. We don't really understand forgiveness on that level. My brothers are mad at my mom. You know, my two brothers are very angry with her. But I I don't know how long my mom is going to be here. And I don't want my mom to go or me to go with us not being cool. Because at the end of the day, she did everything that she could, the best way that she could. And I am everything I am because my mother loved me. And I know that... You know, I I don't look down on the people who who ushered me into the world. Like, I I know a lot of people who are successful and they they want to turn their backs on where they come from. Right. When my mother was uh, beaten and in Central Park, eight months pregnant, left for dead, it was prostitutes oh. and junkies that took her to the hospital. And I'm thankful to those people. So every time I see a custodian, I see a homeless person, I see the person in them because yeah. they saved my brother's life. You know, yeah. and so I just. I just, that's my boo. I adore her. And um, I fight every day so that she can have a great life. And she's one of the reasons why I work so hard because I want to get her out the hood. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's such a beautiful, like, I'm sitting here like, I'm like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. (laughs) Because it's, it's such a moment. I don't know. I remember the moment where that thought entered my brain of, oh, my mom was just a woman before this. Yeah. Before she was a mother. 
she was a woman like I am now. That's yep. right. And it was, and it was literally in my adult life. Mm-hmm. I was at my parents' house. I think it was when they had moved to Maryland. So this was like probably 10, maybe even more plus mm-hmm. years ago. And I'm standing in the kitchen with my mom and I'm explaining to her one of my million stories about how I need to lose weight and how I need to do this and I need to do that. And she starts talking to me like woman to woman Mm -hmm. and she's like yeah you know i've been trying to drop weight and like she's telling me like little things that she's doing and during that conversation i was like oh we're talking like women Mm -hmm. yeah my my mom is being just another woman with with her daughter and it was that moment where i started seeing everything differently Mm -hmm. realizing that all of the people don't like to deal with their trauma yep Mm. To a certain extent, I think people are addicted to their depression and their sadness Mm -hmm. because it sits in you so heavy that it keeps you stable. I remember having this conversation with Adam Farrar about how sadness just keeps you stable. Mm -hmm. So we get so addicted to the attention we get when we're depressed, Mm -hmm. to the feeling of heaviness Mm -hmm. that we hold on to it for dear life. And we don't want to deal with our trauma because if I'm not a victim, then what am I? Mm. That's right. Now, who are you if you are not in struggle and pain? That yes. becomes your identity. Or if you're not mad at somebody. Oh, yeah. I've been something. there. I've been in that dark place. Yeah. I've been there. I've been very, I suffered from depression and I struggled with self-destructive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I know what it feels like to, that was my identity for so long. And when you're homeless mm-hmm. and people know that you're homeless, you know, they bask in that. And one thing my, I I just learned from my mom and my grandmother was like that we were not victims. We were victors. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, victims are the people who cannot walk away from what's happening to them. When mm-hmm. you're a little kid and you're being sexually abused, when you're a woman and you're being raped. But if you are volunteering for your own oppression, then you are a participant in mm-hmm. that. And yes. you don't get to do that. So. I think that yeah, that's that's true. You you get you really become it becomes your identity. Because yeah. it really does, and people don't realize their own addiction. Mm. It's like the only way for you to heal is you gotta want it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm working through it as we speak. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have imposter syndrome. Every of day I wake up, I think, oh, you know, like, I, how could all this good stuff possibly be happening? Mm-hmm. I'm not living in a car or a Best Western. I yeah. fear like it's going to go away and at any moment. Well, that's oh, yeah. that fear of success. It's something yeah. that I was talking about recently. Um, that fear of success is like, if I'm successful now, people are always going to expect this from me. So if I drop the ball, damn, like the spotlight's on me now. Mm. I can never drop this ball. And it creates this even bigger fear of failure. Yeah. yeah. Once you achieve that success, the fear of failure shoots up so high mm. and yeah. people don't realize. That's why I get really mad when people trash famous people or when yeah. people trash celebrities. Like it's like, mm-hmm. why don't you chill for a second and try for just one second mm. to imagine yep. what it might be like if every single thing you did was watched yeah. and was under a microscope. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. If every failed relationship, every public embarrassment, mm-hmm. every family trauma yeah. made it into the newspaper. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like have a little more empathy, yeah. people, instead yeah. of being so hungry for somebody else's destruction. Yeah. yeah. It's the assumption that because they're famous and successful that they're not people anymore. Yeah. That all their information yeah. is ours. I remember yes. when Tiffany bombed on New Year's and we talked, she called me and she goes, Yo, man, I had a really bad set last night and I performed on New Year's and I said, girl, I bombed like a mug. Like, yeah. And she and what I realized was that a lot of people had the same story because it's New Year's and people don't want to hear your jokes. People are drink. drunk yeah. and they're talking. Yeah. But TMZ was not at my show. 
Right. And so, you know, the, the reality was that is that she's not able to have um, that failure or she's not allowed because it is a determining factor. It, it It's a definer for yeah. who oh, she yeah. is. And it's just, it was so much pressure for her. And I didn't, I was, I went to her house that day and I was like, damn, like, She's taking care of her mother. She's got yeah. family. She's got, she's still living her regular life with right. all the issues that she had before she became famous. And now people are texting her, are you okay? Because yeah. she had one bad set. Meanwhile, yeah. a bunch of us had bad sets. Right. And we just went on. It Nobody was just, talks about it. Right. And it's like, you do realize that she has no room to experiment with material because if she puts anything out there that's brand brand new and it's not mm -hmm. tested and like worked and perfect people are going to judge her because it's like as soon as she goes up with something new that she's building that she's working on people are like oh her set was trash like why don't you chill for a second she doesn't have the freedom that a lot of comics do to go to these little bar shows and yeah. do five minutes yeah. right i mean it goes down to like we were speaking about this the other day which is um to you she's tiffany but you're talking about Tiffany Haddish, yeah. right? Because that's what they're scrutinizing. They're scrutinizing yes. that idea mm -hmm. of this person who's just a person. Like, yes, she is out there in the public eye. Yes, she does have success, but she's a person. Like, mm -hmm. let her be. You know what yes. I mean? It's kind of like, this is something I always think about um, walking outside and you can't look a mess after a certain point mm -hmm. for, for certain celebrities. Like, I look a mess all the time. Mm -hmm. I would Same. just be, or or like something I always say, I'm always like, yo, you want to know why I would never want to be famous? Because there's no cute candidates of me. <laughs> that doesn't exist. I would be a gift. Like, there would be yeah. a new gift every week about the muecas that I make. The different muecas. This, I love it, though. That would make you so relatable and so real. Yeah. Those are the words that they use. That's right. Yeah, exactly. They're They're so like, shareable. She's so real. Mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're just in a picture, like, looking all goofy. Like, no, nah, I was tired. So it's not about yeah. being real. I was. You took a picture of me at 6 in the morning. I just got off a flight, son. Yeah. It's, they're so fake that <gasps> you being normal is real. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Stars, they're just like us. <laughs> They eat ice cream and look terrible at the airport. It's so dumb. Um, real quick, I want to get into the Dear Gina, and then we'll we'll do the we'll do a little wrap up here because, um, uh, Dear Gina segment. You know, you guys write in, and we've gotten some really great questions and some silly ones. I, if you ask me when I'm coming to your town, just please just check my website. Like, stop, yes. don't don't be like, are you coming? To, if I ask you for a Dear Gina question, it's not like you know something like that. Or can can I marry you? No, I'm already married, bro. The answer <laughs> is no. You cannot marry me. But we got a really we had some really great submission questions. And uh, this one I loved. Um, Dear Gina, am I a bad person for turning a deeply religious woman into a freak? Now, <laughs> all three I of us. Disable <laughs> all three of us are like, OK, uh, well, let me start off with uh, you did not turn her into a freak. <laughs> um, I will. I will tell you right now, most likely the freak was existent inside her and dormant <laughs> until she met somebody that she felt more so comfortable with to let it out. Um, a lot of people that grew up um, deeply religious, like I grew up in the church, but I grew up Presbyterian and then I was with my ex for seven years and we, I was part of the apostolic church oh, and wow. um, the apostolic church is like very similar to Pentecostal, no makeup, no jewelry, no pants, no nothing. So it was like, I wore long denim skirts. I wore sneakers. I, I lived that life. Wow. And don't get me wrong. I, I speak no ill will of the church. I'm a person of faith. Um, but I have left the apostolic church and after leaving the church, a church that's so strict and looking at the world differently. I think the one thing that I realized about religion in general is that nobody knows. So shut up. 
Right. You don't know what the truth is. So if you want to live your truth and you want to believe that a chair is a God, go ahead. I don't care if you play to your God chair, but don't tell me how I can be religious. Don't try to tell me how to express That's my right. my love or my faith. But when it comes to a lot of people that were raised in the church, a lot of them have that rebellious streak in them because mm-hmm. they're whole, they've been repressed for a mm-hmm. very long time. And when they find that comfort in another person, they're really trusting you when you look at it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're a bad person. I think you're going to struggle with her feeling guilty. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's what you're going to struggle with. As the person that she's essentially confiding in, in her, in her freakiest way, you're going to have to deal with the guilt afterwards because I've been in that position where it's like, I'm going to cry for hours now because I've done a thing that's a sin or because I've been a bad person. Oh yeah. And I you lost know. my virginity. I cried forever. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's funny. I, it's so funny. I don't think that he, he turned a religious woman. He just tapped yeah. into who she really is. Yeah. You know what I mean? He t- like, I, like he turned her on. Is yeah, yeah. You hit the on switch. You hit the on switch. And, you know what's funny is like even in the Bible, it's, it, what, uh, the, it says that married one, one, married people's bed shall not be defiled, which means you're supposed to be a freak and with your man or whatever. Yeah. Like so, I think that that's you just help somebody uh, reach the, who they their ultimate self and be able to express themselves. I I don't believe in uh, judging people for what they do sexually with their partners. As long as you ain't doing it to animals and children and raping people, you yeah, good. yeah, <laughs> have fun. Get your freak on. Just yeah. as long as everything's consensual and everybody's of age, yeah. <laughs> everybody's a willing participant. Then you good. Yeah. If you tapped into her inner pooty because yes. <laughs> yes. her inner pooty was lying dormant and you hit the right she switch. Ain't a sangana. She, she ain't, ain't a sangana. She's a sucia, but she's not a sangana. Like but you see, that's the thing. He asked if he's a bad person the answer is no no no, no. you are not a bad You're person not. you've clearly done a good thing that makes yeah. you a good person <laughs> that's like how it. i look at yeah, it yeah you you unlocked pandora's box essentially yes. there's nothing like making a woman feel that's in that posi- position like she's not being judged yeah and that's that means that you've reached somewhere deep within her where she can just be her ultimate self because mm. people that are grow up in religion always feel subject to judgment yes right. you're in your head and that means you got her out of her head yeah so you did some something and on right. to yours. Yeah. <laughs> hey. on that note we've given our <laughs> advice we'll do our sign off now um ada tell the lovely people where they can find you so you can find find me at funny either f uh AIDA uh, on Twitter and Instagram and then on Facebook it's aida.rodriguez and it's funnyaida.com when does this come out um this will probably be out in like 2 weeks yeah. I want to say in two weeks. Yeah. Okay. So go to funnyither.com and find out where I'm going to be because I don't know. <laughs> I, have no, I don't know my schedule. <laughs> Girl, I, I say the like, same thing. I where people like, like, where are you going to be? I'm like, no, no, I don't. Is it on the website? I don't. I love Gina. Uh, Gina Yashere is like, don't ask me shit is one of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go yeah. to the website. That's her hashtag. Um, Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's Catherine G. Mendoza. G dot Mendoza. It's K A T H E R I N E G dot M E N D O Z A. And on Twitter, it is Kathy K A T H I E Grace G R A C E two four. 
You guys know you can find me on Instagram at Gbrion. The website is ginabrion.net. Um, check out my HBO special, Easily Offended. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> check out Aiza on They Ready because I, I love her set. She's, I mean, I absolutely love her. I'm a huge fan, so definitely Ditto. check her out. So, yeah. so Show some love to my girl. Um, I and have clothes. Her clothes. set show is, coming up. is on HBO Latino and it's in English. Yes. So make yes. sure you watch them. Don't People, be scared because you hear HBO Latino. People are always like, is yes. it in English? Yes. Yes, it's in English. It's in English, guys. Don't be afraid to watch it. It is in English. Um, thank you, guys. I always like to sign off with a piece of advice my mother gives me to this day whenever life is throwing a lot of things at you. My mom always says to me, one catastrophe at a time. Handle it one catastrophe at a time, people. Until next time, deuces. Yeah, do it like that. Yeah. You're the kind of chick that's ready to fight back. Yeah. Looks damn good, but really she type bad. Mm -hmm. Go to sleep, I call him my nightcap. Born killer, you a born killer. Mm. Go on, get him. Go on, go on, get him. Mm.